Yo, 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 what up, what up, what up? It's your girl, V Henny, man. You already know the vibes. Welcome to the artistry where we talk shit about music, entertainment, and the everyday struggles. And you know how we do, man. We always have a dope guest in the building. We have your own CEO of On The Radar Radio, radio personality, and the guy just hustles in itself. The people's champ. We got your boy, Gabe P. Yes, uh, 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 sir. <laughs> Shout out my sis V Henny. Um, if y'all don't already know, I'm gonna give her her flowers real quick because she's been putting on for a lot of independent artists for a long time. And also, um, before everything that's going on with OTR, she has been um, putting money in people's pockets before everything started moving. So shout out to V for making Thank sure you. that people eat out here, that people get their spotlight, and that people get their love. So I appreciate you for everything that you've done for me um, early on in my days before you know uh. we've all reached this. New height of craziness. No, for real, for real. And yo, you know what? I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, sometimes I don't know how to take the flowers, you know, so I'm just like, oh, you know. Like, I'm the same but, way. I don't know how to take <laughs> I don't know how to take the flowers. I'd be like, uh, thanks. I yeah, think. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I appreciate that. And, and you know, like me on, on on the other end, you know, like me personally, I look up to everything you're doing. Um yeah. it's super inspirational and I'm proud of you, bro. Thank I'm you, sis. super proud of you. I see how much you work. You work your ass off, bro. <laughs> like, what? Tell so, me about it. Tell me something I don't know. You know, so definitely, man, um, before we dive into anything, yes. this toast is for you. We'll cheers. Um, cheers to you and all your accomplishments, let's and let's it. do this. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mix it down yeah. with the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. Shit. I don't want to be... professional. I'm trying to stay... Pro- I don't want to continue, like, you know, I don't want to be slurring. I hate when that happens, slurring yeah, and all slurring that stuff. Yeah, slurring on the mic is not a good time. Like, I've, I'm still trying to remember what podcast I did. I feel like it might have just been an interview I did with one of my mans. I, okay. I did, like, a two-hour interview that's not out yet, or it might be out by this time. This is out, but I did a two-hour interview with Rory from the Rory and Maul podcast. Okay. And Rory and I were drunk. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we were definitely... We, me and Rory definitely had some tequila shots before that interview, but I tried... But it, that one wasn't that bad, but, like, I, I try not to to drink too much while I work, even outside. Okay. Because I okay. feel like I'm going to embarrass myself somehow. Or even when I'm drinking, I feel paranoid that I'm going to embarrass myself if I'm working and I'm outside. Gotcha. I don't know. Do you do many podcasts or, like, interviews? Yeah, I've done, like, other... I've done, I did Boulay Kev. I'm trying to think what... I did Jay hill Okay. I've done The Streets is Watching, which is DJ Dramas. Um, oh, my God. I just... I did some other ones, too. But I'm no, breaking right done, now. Like, I've done a few. Yeah, okay, okay. Not, and so, like, looking at the... I'm just like before OTR, bro. Right. Like learning who I like who you are. I've been, in, I've, I've, you know, we, I've, I've worked with you for uh, quite some time. So right, so I knew you went to school, and I, originally I thought you off the back went to school for journalism, right? But I learned that you went to school for business yeah. at first, and then from there you transitioned into journalism. Mm-hmm. So I guess I want to know the transition of that, and at what point in your like. Within this startup process, mm. can you say you developed that passion for journalism and radio? Um, I felt like I, I was always going to do something in media. I just didn't know what. Um, and marketing was kind of like my pops was in business. So like marketing, when I went to St. John's, it just kind of seemed like the um, like the most simplistic thing to do. But also like, you know, I if you look at On the Radar, On the Radar, me, what I do for On the Radar is marketing too. So like I knew I always was good at it or would be good at it, especially okay. when it comes to social media. Um, so I kind of just went that route because I felt like that was kind of like the closest thing to what I was into and what I knew I, I could be good at okay. um, in my future. But it really, the reason why I didn't work out and the reason why I ended up switching majors was because like I was just not good at the business classes. Like I was really bad. Um, it's not like I, I, I couldn't pay attention or things like that. Like I'd always gotten really good grades in school, but 
it was this one calculus class, like, within the first month of being at St. John's. And also within the first month of St. John's, I, like, found the radio station and I got my own radio show, like, within okay. a month. And I kind of found my community there at St. John's. Um, and I took this calculus class. I remember me and my mans was in it. And we did we, one month. We, we lasted, like, maybe even less than a month in that class. And it was, like, one quiz that they gave us. And I had no idea what was going on. The teacher kept on being like, oh, yeah, like, y'all learned this in high school. I'm like... They ain't teach me none of this shit in high school, respectfully. (laughs) So I'm taking this quiz, and I remember, like, at one point, I, like, I just got up. I was like, yo, I gave her the paper. I was like, I'm dropping this class. Like, Mm. I I know I can do this. But um, so I went back to, like, my dean or my advisor, whoever you want, whatever they were called back then for the business school at Tobin at St. John's. And they pretty much were like, are you sure you want to do this? You're going to get a whole new set of advisors, da-da-da-da-da. It was like this older guy, like, this whatever. And he was just like, you know, there's not really a lot of money in communications and X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, look, man, like, I can't do this business right. shit. Like, it's just, it, I'll do the business minor. I have a business minor, but I'm like, the major, I'm like, bro, like, I'm not going to last. Like, right. I know for a fact I will not last in this. So um, they switched my, um, they switched my major that, that's, that same semester, but I had to keep the classes that I already had. So right. I had, like, some other type of, like, I had two business classes, and the three other classes were kind of, like, just basic, like, um, XYZ classes um, that you have to take at St. John's, like a history class, a theology class, okay. and yeah. an English literature, something like that. And even the other business of the economic business of economics, some whatever that one was called, like I took that class and I think I got a C minus in that class that semester. Oh like, wow! Okay. I was just not. I mean, I get it. I t- I took business. Yeah. So and I didn't finish either. Yeah. And I, my my the one and it's funny because I do it now. I applied, but accounting, I hated accounting. Mm. Like for me, it was accounting. Yeah. My, uh, it's funny because my pops is an accountant, and I did have to take accounting one and two for my business minor. And accounting one, I breezed through. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I got like a B or something. Okay. Like. Um, I did pretty okay in that one, but then my dumbass, I was like, I, I didn't want to take accounting two. Like they recommend you take accounting one and two back to back semesters because you retain the information. But I waited two years until my final year of college to take accounting two for my business minor. And it was at that point that I was already working, I think, almost... I think that semester I was working full-time at Power 105 already as a digital media manager. And I remember just going up to the professor. I'm like, look, bro, my pops is an accountant. He's already disappointed in me that that I'm coming back to him (laughs) with all these questions because I suck at this. Right. I'm like, like, I already have a full-time job. Right. I just need to see in this class. Like, I just want to graduate. I already have the full... And he's like, like, you already have a full-time job? Because, like, that's unheard of in college to really have, like, a full-time position right. before you even graduate college. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had a full-time position eight months before I graduated. So, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, basically, he just gave me a C. He gave, okay. me a C. he gave me a C in the class, passed me, and he was just like, he's like, you know, I wish you would apply yourself more. I said, bro, I have a job. <laughs> like, like, I'm the only person in this class of 30 people who doesn't have to look for a job out of college. Right, What do you right. mean apply myself? So, um, so yeah, so I ended up passing that. I got my business minor and I graduated. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's my, my experience as a, as a business uh, major at St. John's. <laughs> Shout out St. John's, though. Like, their business program is great. I just was not good at it. Right, right, right. So then, obviously, in St. John's, you started off in radio. Yeah. Um, did you develop that passion right there then? Or, like, was um, it more later on, you would say? I mean, I wouldn't say I ever really had a passion for radio, like, up front. I think, like, when I joined the radio station, like, you know, obviously, like, I always loved listening to, like, Angie Martinez, like, Funk Flex and, um, like, Breakfast Club when I was young. But I never, like, had, like, a passion for it. Like, I never okay. was like, oh, I want to do that, right? Um, but then when I got to the radio station, like, I said I found that community and I found kind of, like, 
something that I really liked. And this was like before the era of podcasting was like a thing. Right. But like the radio shows there were kind of ran like podcasts, mm -hmm. right? It was just a lot of mostly talking. But there would be music breaks in between. So I kind of like grew a love for that and just like, you know, I was always a talker. So kind of having that space to talk about whatever was on my mind and whatever I wanted to kind of like get into, like okay. that for me was really cool. So I ended up just growing through that and with the radio, it just kind of became a natural thing. Like I had a few different radio shows when I was out there, I had um, a show called No Genre, which was kind of like literally no genres, like three people. We all had very different music tastes. Um, I had a show called The Outlet, okay. um, which was my own radio show where I just kind of played music and talked. I didn't really do nothing crazy. Okay. And then the last show I did was called, which I, I was, oh no. Then I had, I had some comic book show. It was called Hype Train. That's what it called. It was called Hype Train. That was one of my shows. And then that was just like a nerd podcast. And then the last show I did from time to time was um this guy Sal's show. It's called like the men's room. It was okay. just like a podcast where like four guys just talking shit. Okay. Um so yeah, so I did I had like four or five radio shows off the rip in in college too, which so is crazy. How did you get involved with, with power then? How did that come about? Um when I was like nineteen, um I already had like a bunch of interviews under my belt at the radio station. Like I was one of the youngest people kind of really, you know, doing the interviews and whatnot. And they had asked me, um Angie was coming on her book tour, Angie Martinez, and they're right. like, oh yeah, like, you know, um do you want to interview Angie? Because I'm like, yeah, I'm from New York. I grew up listening to her. Ah, ah, this, this, and that. I would love to. Uh, and they're like, you know, and then they also asked me who I would like to be my co-interviewer. I was like Nyla, because Nyla was doing amazing things at the time. We were at her show. I forgot what her show's name was, but she was doing amazing amazing things with her show and those interviews. So I was like, okay, bet, let's do it, right? Okay. So we did the interview together, um, and we had both already applied for positions at iHeart. Like, I think I had like four or five applications denied already at that point. Okay. Um, and then kind of like it kind of just played out where it's like they they were like, oh, hey, like Angie wants to hire you as an intern. So we applied again. That's dope. Um, then we both got the internship. Nyla's a year older than me. So she was 20 when she got it. I was uh, 19 when I got it. Uh, and then we started inter uh, interning there. And I think this year made like seven years of being at power. So, Damn, yeah, really? Yes, yeah, so I've been at power for seven years already. Wow, that's a commitment. Tell me that's about a it. commitment. Tell me about it. I just I got through the door. I got through the door and I just never left. So. Yeah. How was that learning lesson for, because I feel like for me, that's a learn, not a lesson, but that was a learning like situation for you working as an intern for and with Angie. Right. Like, um, what is it that you took? So what would I, I want to know? Like, what is it that you took from working with her being an intern and you apply it to who you are and to your platform now? Um, Sacrifices. Cause like even back then, like interning for Angie, like I was in there like four or five, four, three, four days a week, four days a week max sometimes. But like I was still going to school. Okay. And then I'll still be going out and partying and you know doing the regular college stuff. But like I didn't get to do as much of the partying and regular college stuff as my peers. Okay. Because I was already dedicating my time to to iHeart and growing within there and kind of learning and be just being a fly on the wall. Like that was a big sacrifice because it's like no one else is you know, um, not no one else is doing it, but like. Everybody else is over here having fun, and mm -hmm. then I'm here. Yeah, you're working. Working. I'm at, you know, I'm, I'm with Angie in all these interviews, like with Idris Elba and, and, and all these other artists, just kind of being there, learning and watching and, you know, working. And, like, I got paid, so, like, I was making mm. money. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the instance we got paid, I, I don't remember what it was, but it wasn't, like, a lot. But it was enough where it was, like, I, I would go in and I would make some bread. Um, but, like, I learned that, like, you know, sometimes you just got to sacrifice, like, the fun parts of your life sometimes to get where you really want to be in your career and your life. Because I feel like if I didn't make those sacrifices back then, I wouldn't have had that full-time job straight out of college. And then I wouldn't have been able to, you know, understand the meaning of sacrifice in, like, my current right, day right, life right. I, I, as a 27-year-old. Like, there's some things that 
whoops, sorry, I thought I turned my phone off. There's just some things that you got to do sometimes to make sure that you're able to go accomplish. And like a big part of that is sacrificing. Like even when it comes to on the radar, like I sacrifice certain times, certain things out of my day, like to go do what I have to do. Like for the Drake thing, I had to call out of work that night for my Amazon, sh for my Amazon show. I couldn't tell them I was doing the Drake stuff, okay. but I had to sacrifice that show and that other job to be able to be there to do the Drake freestyle, right? right. So it's, it's a lot of like, you know, give and take when it comes to the industry. I also learned that it's just like, you really have to like learn the craft and it's not always something that they could teach you in a school room, which I think we all already knew that like right. off rip, but being there with Angie and just kind of like being a fly on the wall and learning and seeing how she moves and how she approaches interviewing and editing her audio and this and that. And even when I watch like the video editors editing her interviews, which is how I learned how to edit videos, um, all that stuff was just real hands-on experience. And That's I would dope. say like there might've been like, Things that I took from college might have been like over those four years, I feel like there might have been three to five classes, if that. So you got more, obviously, you got more being hands on with Angie Martinez yeah. opposed to like school. Right. But I'll never knock anybody for, for like, I'd still tell people go to school because I, if I didn't go to St. John's, you wouldn't be where you were. I wouldn't have met Angie. Right. And I wouldn't have been at the, at the station. And then I wouldn't have been able to build on the radar. You know what I'm saying? So. Whenever people are like, oh, like, you, I don't think people need to go to school, but like, I tell people do it because sometimes the stuff that you're, that the experiences that you get when you go to school actually do open a lot of doors for you that, you know, it might be, might take way more time and more years to open up if you try to do it on your own. Not saying that school is a cheat code either. It's just, you know, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have met Angie if I was, if I, if I had just tried to do my own thing. So you think, do you feel like, so you're saying there's more relationships? For you, your experience, there was mm. more relationships that you was able to connect with mm -hmm. outside, you know, like if outside of being like opposed to being independent in a sense. Yeah. Because independent, like you really, I feel like being independent in itself, right? Not just on artists, just just having your own platform right. in itself. Like you really got to be outside, outside. It's who you really know. In a way, yeah. I mean, like, and also with St. John's, like a lot of my peers all work in the industry too. Okay. Like there's at least 10 of us who all work simultaneously at different places, different record labels and different companies. So also St. John's provided me with a community that, you know, is around me every single day anyway. Like I work with Nyla every single day for the most part with Amazon. Uh, my brother Ramel, he's at Republic. I work with him all the time. Um, Diamond's at, at iHeart. So there's a lot of people who were went to St. John's who work in the industry now who are my connections okay. and who are my friends. Okay. So, but that's, you know, again, that little era of St. John's is very rare that there's that many people in one place in one time that go to school together that all grow up to be as successful as we became. Not saying it won't happen again, but you know, it's like 10 people all from St. John's in the same three year period, all working in the music industry and having the type of motion that we have. Like that's like, you know, that's rare, but I'm blessed that, um, that we were able to make that experience happen, uh, together and I do tell and I like I said I tell kids all the time like just go to school and if you go to the right school with the right interest for you then you definitely are going to make the connections you're going gotcha. you're gonna need yeah. to go further in life I know you started OTR in 2018 yeah um what sparked up that concept for you did you like automatically was like yo I'm gonna do this show we're mm. gonna do freestyles interview or like like, how did that get sparked up? Well, I think, like, the, the concept for it was just, like, there wasn't anybody else young doing it. Like, I felt like I would see a lot of um, um, podcasts of artists my age back then 
doing interviews and them not being understood. Like, you know, I think about like the Joe Budden little Yachty one where Joe didn't fully understand Yachty, but obviously he understands Yachty now. But right. back then there was obviously a lot of, you know... Like a disconnect. Like a disconnect, right? Okay. Which you can't blame people for at the end of the day because the music isn't made for someone like Joe back then, right? Um, but I felt like there needed to be younger voices in media that could be like kind of there for those artists who understood what they go through because I think Yachty and I are only a year apart. Okay. So just using Yachty as an example... Right, like what Yachty was into as a kid is probably a lot of stuff that I was into as a kid. Okay. So there's like that little simultaneous, like, or not uh, similarities there where it's like, okay, like Yachty liked Paramore growing up. I like Paramore growing up, mm. which is influences our music taste now and even the music that he would make. Not saying Paramore is who he based, but as an example. Right, right, right. Um, and I was like, there's nobody young doing it and there's not a lot of people in this space. So I was like, let me just start building this platform. And the freestyles, like, they, they kind of came along early, but they were never consistent. Like, um, we would do them, but it would be, like, real ghetto. It would be, like, a laptop, the headphones plugged in with the beat pulled up, but, like, the beat would be all the way turned up so I could hear the beat playing on the cameras and okay. post so I could line the beat up. Um, so we wouldn't really do them too much because every time we try to do them, it would be, like, a hassle or they, the rapper would say they'd be rapping off beat or something like that, and we would really try to line it up as best as we could, but it just wouldn't work. Um, so, yeah, so, that's how so it started. So when did you start, I guess, being more consistent with the freestyles then? Um, when, when everything opened up after the pandemic and okay. I found HMD Studios, which is closed now, um, which is where we should, where it's all the old on the radars are shot at, like Deep Thang, like that spot's closed, but that's where we, uh, I found that spot and that spot, they kind of gave me like, I used to rent it out by the hour. So they gave me like the free range to kind of rent it out. I think I used to rent it out like 15 days a week. Oh, like wow. I'd be dropping $1,500 there every week to shoot on the radar content. Um, and I would just rent it out, do freestyles every single day with interviews, and then we just put it out, right? right? And we would try to do at least, like, 15 a week. Okay. Which is okay. crazy. Now we do more than that sometimes. We've done, like, 20 in a week before, so. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I know that, that you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I feel like when you're starting up, like, your, your, your brand, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like, obviously, it's a learning curve in a sense. Not a learning curve. It's a, it's a learning experience where you're... Trying to understand your your niche in a sense, right? So like like you said, you was consistent. You wasn't so consistent with your freestyles, but like I want to know then, what's what what was some of the challenges you were faced with when it came to building on the radar? Because again, you started in 2018, then pandemic hit two years later. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that was a that was a big fucking like right. challenge. Like right. so, what were some of like the biggest impact? impactful challenges that, that you dealt with and you overcame? I think the pandemic helped me a lot, honestly. Like, I think, like, with the pandemic, well, one, one of the biggest challenges is being said no to early on, right? Okay. Nobody says no to me anymore at this point. I'm right? sure. Um, but, like, that just goes to show you really just got to keep working past those no's till everybody starts saying yes. Right, right. right. Um, that's one thing, right? Those no's are going to turn to yeses eventually, but if you give up because, like, 20 people told you no, then you're never going to get to the point where all those people can start telling you yes. Um, the other point, um, with the pandemic was what the pandemic did for me. That was great. And like, I hated zoom interviews, but the mm. zoom interviews were like the best way for me to network with people. Okay. Right. So like I would do like maybe somewhere from five to eight to 10 zoom interviews a week, like just stack them up back to back to back to back to back. And I would just use that as ways to meet different PRs, mm. different because like everybody needed promo for their artists during the pandemic. Right, right. So they needed they needed anything and everything that they can do, and I was anything and everything, right? So I would just stack up all these different like kind of interviews and things like that with people, and then I would go, 
I, I would do these interviews and then like one of their friends would see that I interviewed them. So then I'd interview that person. Okay. And a lot of these connections, like a lot of the PR people like Audible Treats, Masas Malo, um, and a ton of other people like I still work with to this day with bigger artists now because we built up this relationship through the pandemic together. So I think that, you know, me doing all these Zoom interviews during the pandemic, however many, I don't know if I did 100, if I did more than that, but like um, I did Stunna Gambino early on during the pandemic. Um, I'm trying to think what other bigger, I guess, bigger artists I did on Zoom during the pandemic. Me and Koi Ray had like an hour long interview during the pandemic, but me and Koi had known each other from Rolling Loud before the okay. pandemic. So it really was like a way for me to check in on people, but also um, build new relationships with people. Gotcha. And a lot of the people who were on the show during the pandemic on the Zoom calls, like they came to do freestyles. Like London Hill came to do one, Zero McKenzie came to do one. Um, Bia's coming to do one this week. Right, right. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Duke Deuce came and did one when we were in Atlanta. Little Gotti came and did one when we were in Atlanta. So it's like a lot of these people remember me from the Zoom days too. Um, and we were able to keep building those relationships as we grew together. And that's how we were able to kind of get all these things like done down the line too. Right. You know what's dope, Gabe, is the fact that you mentioned in relationship, relationship, right? And you about you and I both know like, like Maintaining a relationship is super important in this industry. However, I just feel like a lot of people don't understand. Oh, I may be wrong, but I feel like a lot of people are in a space where they're okay with burning bridges, mm -hmm. not knowing how to swim. Right. So, what, how do you <laughs> yeah. feel? Yeah. So, how, what's what's your intake on that? Because, like, again, like, again, you, you're saying like, yo, like, you got some no's, um, and certain people, like, yeah. I'm sure certain people burn bridges because of. Either the nose from their end or may, or on your end, right. in a sense. So, like, how do you handle situations where someone will break, uh, burn a bridge or um, tarnish a relationship? Well, I mean, there's different versions of that. Like, I think like what happened with I, with McConan recently is a good example, right? Like McConan, like he got posted up a young boy, and then a bunch of artists started hitting hitting his DMs. Who he used to be friends with, he used to work with, um, and he like felt the way about it, so he posted about it on social media, and then that went viral, right? But to me, that situation right there, he shouldn't have done that because mm. I feel like those are, you know, yes, like they hadn't hit you in a long time or X, Y, and Z because of whatever happened in the past, right? But I think it's like, you know, this music industry is business at the end of the day, right? Right, right. Like, I don't think you should go blasting people because they haven't spoken to you in a couple of years, but like they seen you do well now and they're like, oh, this is cool, right? And yes, they could have reached out to you and helped you at other moments, but like, I don't think you should just block your blessings because you're emotionally you know, upset. Okay. Mostly invested or mostly upset. You're just being emotional over something that, you know, is just business at the end of the day, right? Um, and then I'll take, and then I'll use an example from today. Before I came here, somebody called me at Power and they were like, oh, hey, like, you know, I've been emailing you guys, like, blah, da, 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 um, like six, seven times. And I'm like, bro, like, you realize Drake was just on the show, right? Right. And I didn't say that in like a condescending way, but in like a, yo, bro, like, you know that if Drake's on my show, like, a lot of things are happening now. Right. So it's like, your email, it's not getting lost, but it's just probably not cutting through because we're on we're we're going around the country right now. Drake was just on the show. We got 200 plus freestyles banked that we have to drop still from New Orleans, LA, Miami. Right. It's like it's not your artist. It's like we only can shoot so many people in New York City right now because of X, Y, and Z. But I try to explain it in, in a nice way where it's like, I don't want to burn a bridge with you because I don't like burning bridges with anybody, especially people who I know. You know, you never know who someone's going to be. And someone, right. and I forgot who told me that, but you never know who someone's going to who someone's gonna be in the future. So I just try to speak to them in the nicest way. Now, in the relation of artists, right, a lot of times it's not the artist who burns, who ruins the relationship, it's the management. Like, we've dealt mm. with, like, a lot of managers um, in the OTR space where it's like, 
they'll either be disrespectful or they'll say something like this, something like this. And like that ruins a relationship with the artist. You right. know what I'm saying? Be like, because we don't want to work with you no more because your manager said X, Y, and Z to someone on my team. And I don't fuck with that. Okay. You know, so it's like it, there are different variations within the music industry. But um, so how you handle the politics towards that? And what? Like, how do I deal with someone if someone's disrespectful? Yes. Towards my team? I just be like, look, bro, like your artist doesn't need to come back. Okay. It's just that simple. It's just that's no, because you know how sometimes some certain people instead of saying like how like you're for your team and you know mm -hmm. like you disrespected my team, that's it, you know, it's clipped in a sense, right? Yeah. But some people just again have that mindset was like I'm gonna be political and be like, well, maybe you know like here's certain boundaries. Well, see, I used to be like that. Okay. I definitely used to be like that, but now I feel like you know what it is, you know what my show is, you know who I am. You, okay. You've seen my work. Again, like, you've seen the caliber of artists that we've had on our show and the caliber of artists who we've broken. So I feel like there's no excuse for you to be a, to treat us a certain way, mm -hmm. especially when it's, like, at this point, like, we're doing that artist a favor by helping them out. Because that's what I want to do. I want to help out artists. Right. But it's, like, as an, art, as an upcoming artist, if you're getting upset because your video hasn't come out in a certain period of time because of X, Y, and Z, it's like, well, bro, like, just be grateful to be on this platform. Right. Like, I feel like that's the thing. Like, people feel like they're owed something or X, Y, and Z when they're not. Like, you, what, what, did, what did Nick Buck say? I'm trying to think what he said. He said a lot of people feel like they're, like they should have your time. What's the word? What's the word? Entitled? They're entitled to your time and they're entitled to be treated a certain way because that's just how they feel. When it's not true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I try to treat every artist fairly on my platform, but again, if someone like Drake comes on the show and pushes everything back three weeks. Right. Are you, are you really going to be upset? You know what I'm saying? Like, how can you really be upset about something like that? Because now we have 100,000 more subscribers and 50,000 more Instagram followers that right. are now going to see your video. Right. You know? So it's like a give and take with that. Like, you know, you try to be political. You try to move correctly with the artist. But at the end of the day, like, you can't savor every relationship because people's egos get in the way. People's emotions get right. in the way. And then you just got to learn to navigate um, that. No, and, and it could be very tricky. Like, for example, like, um, I remember when you had posted the... Was it was it sexy red? <laughs> yeah, and it was like so. It's like when you posted that, right? Like not even those that were on your platform, but those that been trying to get on your platform, right? And it was just like I saw. I'm, no, I saw the comments. I saw too. comments, bro, and I and it was just like and it, for me, it was just like I see I see what you're doing. Listen, I work with you, so I see what you what you're doing. I like I you you do everything in your power to connect <clears> with people, to be humble, be like yeah, here, etc. Like you know and. When I saw when they, when you had posted that, it was just in a in a space where it's like, oh, you know, either you're chasing clout, you're a culture, or you're not for the culture, and it's like, how you know, like I I guess for me, I wanted to know is what when you saw that, how was your thought? Like, what was your thought span for all of that at first? Because I'm like, I know you've done a lot. Sexy Red is doing arena tours. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's a very simple answer. Sexy Red is doing arena tours and... So I guess the people want to know, though, like, why is it that she was there? And I get it, this business, but why mm -hmm. is it she there? And I'm like, not me per se, obviously, but like certain people was just like, well, I got the talent. Right. I understand that, right? And I get it, but it's like, it's either, put it this way, right? When I, when I bring artists onto my show, it has to make sense. Right. Because right. at the end of the day, I'm trying to build a brand. I'm trying to build the biggest music brand in the world. Right. Right. So someone like Sexy Red makes sense at that time. Pound Town, blown up. Right. Right. One of the biggest records in the club. Any of those people who win those comments, they definitely go outside. They go to the club. They got to hear Pound Town. Right. right. 
Not saying that they don't deserve to be on the platform. It's just not their time yet. They haven't been, they haven't been put on my radar. And that we still get plenty of chances to upcoming artists. Like, I can't help it. At the end of the day, I can't help everybody. Right. I can only help so many people. And at the end of the day, I run a business. Mm-hmm. And my business has to grow. So, like, if I only did small upcoming artists on my platform, right, which is how we started. Mm-hmm. But I, if we keep growing, we can't just stick to that formula because that formula doesn't work and it doesn't help us get the Drakes or it doesn't help us get the Yachty's. You know what I'm saying? There has to be a balance. Right. And All the Radar does have that balance right now. Like, we have, like, if you look at the page, like, after after everything came out with Drake and Sleepy Hollow, like, we've had a lot of upcoming artists on that page who don't have a lot of followers, right, but have a motion and they deserve to get that spotlight. It's just about that. It's just about the time coming because it's like, look, a million and one people want to come on the platform. I can't shoot a million and one videos in a year. Right. It's just that simple. And to the people who are like, oh, Sexy Red is this, Sexy Red is that, I bet you if they're a man and they got a girl, their girl listens to Sexy Red. Or they've caught themselves at the club sing- singing ski at some point. Because everybody online is a hypocrite. Right. Like, you say something's trash, and then, but now you go outside and that's your favorite thing, right? It's, it's, it's not cool until it's cool. Like, people mm. used to say, like, I remember when I did, like, Cash Cobain and then back in the day, people were like, oh, what's this? What's this sound? Like, what's this, like, weird sexy drill sound? Now look at Cash Cobain. Right. Now look at Chow Lee. Chow Lee's doing Rolling Louds in Portugal. Yeah. And all the people talking shit about him, were they? Right. Still probably here in, here in New York or wherever they, they're from, not doing Rolling Louds in Portugal. Cash Cobain has features from Little Yachty and produces for Little Yachty. And who he produced for Little Yachty, Lucky, I'm trying to think, Cash. I'm sorry if you watch this. I'm trying to remember everybody who you. Pink Pantress. Okay. Um, etc. Ice Spice. Ice Spice first dropped. Yo, this is trash. I'm a better rapper than her. Why is she on here and not me? Mm. Look at Ice Spice now. The biggest, literally the biggest female in hip hop at this right. moment in time. New female in hip hop. Just gonna say that because people will get upset about that. The princess of hip hop. Whatever you want to say. But like, <laughs> yeah. but like, but like example then too, people, I remember when people, when Ice Spice came out and people was hating on me for putting her on the show, they're like, oh, she's trash. Why would you put her on here? Why would you put her on here? Why would you put her on here? It's like, cause I saw the vision. Okay. I saw the vision for her. And then less than six months later, she got the DM from Drake about munching the on the radar freestyle. Then le- another six months later, she has songs with Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj. You know what I'm saying? So when I see, sh- and when I see shit like that, Bro, I really just, I just look past it. Because I know what my vision is for On The Radar. I know what I'm doing at all right. times. And 90% of the time, if I'm trolling, I'm doing it on purpose. And, mm. I, and, I, and I'm doing it because I know I'm going to get your attention for it. Gotcha. And Sexy Red wasn't a troll at all. Sexy Red was like, Pound Town came out, and I'm like, yo, this girl is on fire. Right. right? Like, she brings this real raunchy energy to hip-hop that's like, I feel like we need. Right? Like, because there's raunchy energy in the females of hip-hop, but not like her. Okay. And she's and if you look at Sexy Red, she's so truly and authentically herself, twenty four seven. Like she's been out for since the beginning of this year, since January when Pound Town came out. That's when she started blowing up. But she's been around for years. But if you look at from then to now, she's still the same person. She's still acting the same way. She has not changed. I saw her back. We had her come back on the show in Miami. She did Ski E. It's not out yet, but she came back and she still treated us the exact same way. So that's why when people talk shit about her or people be like. Um, X, Y, and Z, I'd be like, look, man, like, this girl's incredible. She's doing amazing things. She has a Nicki Minaj feature, too, in, mm. in, in eight months. You can't, you can't quantify that level of success, right? 
Um, but I say that to say that, like, we, again, on the radar still helps independent artists. It's just people just don't pay attention to that because people always want to see the negative instead of the positive. Right. I could post Sexy Bread, and then I could post the hottest dude out of Harlem who's just, who's like, who isn't like a drill rapper. He could, he's like a, like a, like a rapper rapper. Yeah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? He could be doing the best freestyle over a dipset beat. But Sexy Brad's going to get more comments than him. Not because she's more popular, because she's easier to hate, to hate on. Okay. People only want to support things online. People only want to comment on things online when it's negative, not when it's positive. You know? At, at what point would you say you started learning to, you started learning to, I guess, um, not have the emotions and have more of the business mindset? Um, I guess when you see, like, Look, like when the views are going up and you just kind of like, and people are talking shit, it's like, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like people know, like people know what on the radar, what on the radar is. Right, right, you, right. You know what I'm saying? So I just look at it as like, look, I know who I'm picking in this game to come on my show and I know which ones make sense and which ones are going to blow up. And I'm not going to let other people dictate or tell me how to run my platform and how to be like this. Like, I think I saw one comment under the sexy red post that was like, oh, this platform is for the towns, da 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 da. You're supposed to support people from New York City. I've been supporting people from New York City. Right. I've always supported people Do from New York like City. Do you feel like New York City supports you? Yeah, absolutely. I feel okay. like New York City, I feel like New York City supports me um 1000%, but I also refuse to let myself get stuck in the New York City mindset of that okay. there's only New York City. Gotcha. You know, cuz like if I let myself get into that mindset I wouldn't have been able to do the ladies' night cipher that I did in Atlanta, right. or I wouldn't have been able to do the West Coast cipher, which isn't well my, again might be out by the time y'all see this. I don't know, or the West Coast cipher I did in LA, or the Florida cipher with all the boys down in Miami, or I wouldn't be able to, you know, call up Sleazy World Go, who's from Kansas, or Rob Forty Nine, who's from New Orleans, just because I, you know, because right, right. I work with them and and we have a working relationship. New York will really try to keep you in this box and make you think that all that exists is New York. And a lot of the comments on that video reflected that, too. I'm like, right. yo, you guys are so small-minded. Like, there's so much to this world and to this music game than just New York, but people like to just keep it like, yo, I got to be the hottest in New York. Or, oh, New York thinks that they have that they have an ownership on everything gotcha. that comes out of New York, too, okay. right? And, again, at the end of the day, on the radar, the heart is in New York, and we're always going to support New York artists, and we're always going to be here for the towns. But my goals and my visions for this show... Is bigger than New York. It's so much bigger than New York. We have a presence in, in Africa. Like, I've had a bunch of um, Afrobeat artists come on the show, and one of my biggest freestyles is from a South African artist, Nasty C, and he's performing that freestyles in, in festivals in Cape Town mm. with my voice on the intro still. Oh, wow. My voice is being played in, in, in Africa okay. at festivals by him. Wow. Okay. And I have a whole fan base over there. Like, I was at the BET Awards, you know, when we did the partnership with them. I had uh, um, one of the... He was nominated as one of the best uh, new international acts at the BET Awards. He comes up to me. He's like, yo, bro. He's like, I see a lot of artists from Ghana coming on your show. He's like, how can I get on the show? That's an artist who I don't know if it's his first time in America. I don't know. But clearly doesn't come here all that much. Mm -hmm. Recognize my logo. Recognize me from Ghana. Said, you put on for Ghana. How can I be on your show? Mm. And it's moments like that when I'm like, yo. This shit is so much bigger than New York. This shit is so much bigger than me. Like you, again, you can't quantify this level of, um, of of reach. Like uh, another example I'll give you is uh, shout out this girl BB Trick. She's like a a Spaniard rapper, right? She okay. She she blew up a couple months ago, kind of doing like a they call it like the Spaniard Ice Spice online. Okay. But she's tough. She's fire. Um, and she was supposed to come on the show when she was out here. Didn't didn't get to happen because um, you know, some traveling issues. But like they told me that. They watch my show all the time in Spain. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So you what's your saying? end goal with OTR? Biggest music platform in the world. And you started, did you start already? I know you were speaking about doing a label. Yeah, yeah we got On The Radar Records. On The Radar Records already exist. We have about um, 130 songs out now, like okay. freestyles, original records. I got a tape coming out soon with Matthew Ali and some of like the, you know, the sexy drill people, Charlie okay. and all them. Um, hopefully by the time this comes out again, we got a new single coming out called Sexy Bestie. Okay. With, uh, Charlie, Vante, the singer, and Matthew Ali. Um, and I got a lot of, I got a lot of singles with, like, New York artists. So it's like, that's why when I'm like, okay, y'all can never say I don't support New York artists because, like, I'm literally doing music with right. New York artists. I got a three-pack with 917 Racks coming out, too. Okay. That's with me and my producers. So we got a lot of stuff like that. But obviously on, like, the grander scale of On The Radar... Like right now, we're doing like the little tours around the country, going to different cities. We're about to start dropping our all of our freestyles from New Orleans, Miami, LA. But then we're also, you know, we're hitting some other cities in America. And then next year, that's when that's when it really is gonna get spooky because that's when we're gonna start doing the Canada run. Okay. So we're gonna do Montreal, Vancouver, and Toronto. Mm. And then after that, we're we're gonna do London. And then okay. eventually, we're trying to do Ghana, Nigeria, um, Paris, somewhere in Spain. I don't know which city to go to yet. Um, somewhere in Italy, don't know what city I'm going to go to yet. Uh, we want to do Jamaica. We want to do Puerto Rico, DR. Like, we really trying to expand to the world. Like, I don't want people to, to get it in their head that it's like, I'm, it's just a New York City platform. Okay. We always go out New York City artists on the platform, but it's so much bigger than that. So when you're saying it needs to make sense as far as, so for an artist, because that was one of the questions I had asked, right, like, um, like for you, and they were just like, what is it? Well, I guess in my terms is, making sense in what way like the, it has to be the right time for the artist and for us and i've done it where, uh plenty of times where i've been like look bro i'm telling you right now this freestyle ain't going or this video ain't going to do what you think it's going to do right no and i remember having yeah, consultations we, we with like yeah. we so like for those that don't know he does consultations yeah. you, and you i've seen you even say that to us like it's not your time and then you even check out their work and like they're like their branding and their marketing it's like all over the place, you know? Yeah. So I guess that's, what, and, th and that way when you're saying timing, you're saying timing as far as like you need to build your brand. You need to build your brand. You gotta have motion. You gotta be known, you know? And I do give like, you know, some smaller, I guess more, I guess, quote unquote, unknown-ish artist chances um, after they beg me to, right? Like okay. sometimes I'll be like, all right, cool. Like I fuck with you on a personal level. So we'll make this work, right? But then when it doesn't ha when it doesn't work out the way that they want it to work out and they don't get the views that they're like, yo, okay, why, why this ain't work? Right. Because it wasn't your time, my boy. And I try to tell you, but you don't want to listen to me. And then they're like, yo, I should have listened. I should have waited. And I'm like, look, man, we could try this again in the future, but it is what it is. Because only for real, for real, for real, oh, there's only that one in a million person where, like, in that area of artists that mm -hmm. is going to blow up and is going to do something for them, you know? And it doesn't really happen all that often. Like, I wouldn't even say it about this person, but, like, I think when I brought Veli Vels onto the show, Veli Vels did one of the first freestyles in that spot, too. Okay. So shout out Veli. Free Valley. Um, and when he came back, I'm like, you know, bro, you ain't really got a lot of music out. Like, I don't know if this makes sense right now. Right. But like, I fuck with Veli. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Cause you, cause he's hard. He's a hard rapper. And I'm like, I fuck with you. I want to help you. Right. To someone else, they might be like, why would you put him on the show at that moment? But I just, I saw it. Like, mm -hmm. I'm like, it makes sense. Like, we're going to make it make sense for you. He came and did his freestyle. And then he got locked up, I think, a couple days before the freestyle dropped. But that freestyle did one point. Three million views. Shit. Okay. But again, like, I would say Veli Vels is like that that one. You know what I'm saying? Right. Out of a million, like he was that one where it worked out. You know, mm. and that again, you can't say that for everybody. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you during during this process? Um, 
have you been in a place where you felt like, especially like towards the beginning, like did you ever feel like you were in a space of like, not in doubt, but more in a space of like, I'm not sure if this is, I want to continue this. Um, or this ain't, this isn't my path, like right. you know, like how and if and and if so, how did you overcome that? Well, that's like imposter syndrome. I feel that all the time. Okay. Like not saying that all the time. I'm like, I want to quit. I want to give up on this. But it's like you know, you feel like you're not doing enough. You know what I'm saying? Like even after the Drake stuff, like I got imposter syndrome. But mm-hmm. that's also just my hunger. You know, okay. like I want more. So what was it th- when with the after the Drake? What was it exactly <sighs> you was thinking about? It's just like, you know, once it all settles down and it cools down, you're like, all right, cool. I got to do something new next. Like, what's mm. next for me, you know? And I think that's part of that imposter syndrome that's like, you know, you've never done it. You, you're not doing enough. Gotcha. Even though I have done enough. And I know I've done enough, but it's also, you know. Do you celebrate your, do you celebrate your wins? Momentarily. Okay. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a moment, momentary celebrator. Like, I'll celebrate for, like, that moment. Okay. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Great. That, okay, and what's next? Yeah, what's next? Like, now I'm like, all right. We already did that. It's accomplished. I'm done. Check box check. Now what? Do we, now where do we go from here? Right. Um. But like, I try to I try to do a better job of celebrating my wins now. Um. But I will say like, there were plenty of times where I was like, man, maybe I should quit this during the pandemic. I was like, damn, how do I how do I keep going? But you know, as cliche it is, as cliche as it sounds, you really just got to keep pushing. Right. Because there is gonna be like a little moment, and I tell everybody this: that everybody gets like a little shot. You don't know when that shot is. I don't even know when my shot really was. For on the radar to blow up or go past. Maybe okay. it was D Thang. Maybe it was one of the maybe it was Shy K. I don't know. I don't know when that shot was. I don't know which one it was meant to be. But there is like a little moment where you're given that door that's gonna open and it's gonna change your life. And you just gotta walk, you just gotta be able to walk through it at that moment. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, at the same time, you never know when that door is gonna open or it's gonna appear in front of you. Gotcha. You just gotta like ride out the wave and you just gotta keep working for it. Gotcha. Having Drake on the show, how was that? Like, because you said you didn't tell anybody. Mm. Was it was it a spur of the moment type of thing? Like, how did that? Um, happen? we had known for a little bit that it was gonna happen. Um, okay. Without like giving it all away, but we knew it was gonna happen. Um, uh, for maybe like I guess like two weeks maybe beforehand. Okay. But it was it was good, man. Like he he's real humble. He was really dope in the studios. It was great to to work with them on on getting that freestyle out. And honestly, like you know we that was always you know when I started doing the freestyles back in 2021 in person again. That was something that me and my producer had spoken about doing. Like, we're like, we want to get Drake on the show one day. So, again, it was like one of those, like, we checked that box. Right. And, and, you know, now there's a song that's going to be on the Billboard 200 or Hot 100 that's going to say on the radar on it, which is tough. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. So who's next that you have on the on the list? That I want? Yes. I want Nicki next. It was like, okay. Ni- I want Nikki. Everybody keeps coming around me and being like, watch, bro. Ho's going to do it one day. Ho's going to do it one day. And if Hove does it one day, great. I can't wait. Right, right, but, right. But you know, I feel like Hove is kind of like it's like it's like there's Jesus and there's God. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it's like if Drake is Jesus and Hove is God, and and I and I hope, um, and I hope that I can get Hove one day. But like on a, I guess in a more realistic sense, it's like you know we want Nikki, we want Wayne. Both of them have shown love to on the radar throughout their career, so okay. I think that would be beautiful to make happen. Um, I want Cardi B. I want J. Cole. Okay. ASAP Rocky. Um, who else? Who else is kind of on my on my list? Look, if if we I know it's a long shot, but look, if we could do Kendrick Lamar one day, that'd be dope. I would love that. Um, and then I don't know, something with SZA. I don't know okay. what we do. Maybe have her do a live performance or whatever, but 
I would love to do something with like like SZA, and then um, I'm trying to think on like a more global sense too. Who I really want to do something yeah, with? Yeah, because you you're you're trying to be global at this. Yeah, bit, on know? a more global sense, we want to do we want to burn a boy freestyle. Okay. We we honestly we were supposed to do a Shansia freestyle, but I was out of town. Okay. We were actually away. I think was it when we I think it was when we were in, in L. A. Okay. Shansia was here, and they were trying to do a freestyle for Shansia. Um, but that'll come back around. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm big on like it's gonna happen eventually. Just you know, when it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. But, like, from a, a global standpoint, like, we want to do Shensia. We want to do Burner Boy, uh, WizKid. Like, Burner Boy is probably more of a freestyle than WizKid and DeVito. But, you know, definitely Burner Boy down the line. I right. want, want Burner for sure. Let me ask you this, Gabe. Um, let me say that again. Let me ask you this, Gabe. Yeah. Um, because, you obviously, there's been the talks, you know, obviously, uh, with the whole 50th anniversary of, yeah. of hip-hop. And, uh, you know, just like everything, like you said, with, with the internet being, it has this, it's positive and yet negative, right? So how do you, how do you feel about um, the whole concept of people saying hip-hop is losing its dominance? I think, like, yeah, we haven't had, like, a, did we have a number one hit this year? No. No. Yeah, we haven't had a number one hit this year, but I mean, like, that's like, everything gets its highs and lows. I'm not saying hip-hop isn't in a space right now where it's not dominating. I think hip-hop is, like, at the best place it's ever been, in my opinion. Like, there's so many different lanes of hip-hop. It's just that I think a lot of people only see one side of things, and they don't know how to open their eyes to more. Mm. Like, people might only see drill music on their Twitter feed, but, like, there's incredible, like, rapper rappers out there who are doing right. amazing, 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 amazing things. Or there's a lot of incredible melodic artists who are still killing it out here. I think it's just... When people say hip-hop is dying, I feel like that's a very narrow or small-minded way of thinking because, like, if you look at just, like, last week, like, Bia dropped her project. Who else dropped their project? Bia dropped their pro her project. Um, Kel Kel's dropped his project. Lil TJ's project is out. Wolfface Joey, DC the Don. Like, and all these artists who I'm naming are all very different from each other. Bia dropped her shit. I think I said that already. Like, there's so much different and variation within hip-hop right now that I think it's, like... You're doing it a disservice mm. by saying that it's that it's um that is dying, and you're not helping it either. You're like you're you're hurting it honestly by saying that because it's like yo, like just do your research, find some artists that you like, and gravitate towards those artists. Yo, if you like Reason from the West Coast, because he kind of does like that, you know, real introspective rap. Right. Cool. Fuck with Reason. Like Reason's fire. Reason's dope. If you like sexy drill and you want to go listen to some, you know, some drill music for the ladies, Charlie and Cash Cobain, Lonnie Love, Vontae the singer, they all right there. Go fuck with them. If you want some like drill music, K Flock, D Thang, they've been had their catalogs out. Go listen to some old King Von or you know what I'm saying? Like you go listen to like whatever you like, there's something there for you. So I, I see what you're saying. Um because we're both in the especially like, you know, we're in the scene, right? Like, so yeah. I can I definitely see what you're saying, because I me personally, there's a lot of dope talented artists outside of like your region, right? Outside from where you're at, whoever it is, right? I just feel like when people hear hip hop, they're assuming or they wanna automatically just make it rap rap. You understand? Mm, yeah. So I feel like that's why they're saying that that that's why the conversation of saying like hip hop is losing its dominance. I definitely do know that there are a lot of dope artists out there. It's just the fact of again stepping out of your comfort zone. Being more open-minded, allowing other different sounds in. Or just you go know? stream your fucking favorite artists. Like, stop, stop complaining about what the next man is listening to, and go worry about the artists that you like. Right. Because you're spending more time, you're spending all this time complaining about, you know, artists you don't like instead of going and streaming the artists that you do like. 
or going, go comment on they shit. Go comment on your favorite artist shit because you're too busy commenting hate on somebody else's thing, getting their comment section up, getting their engagement up. Go comment on your artist, on your favorite artist stuff. I get what you're saying. You know? No, and I definitely do. I think the only thing that I would always, I would just say is just, I think the context right now is hindering a little bit. But other than that, I'm like, there's so many different types of artists. For me, I'm just like, just, I, I would love to have, and there are artists, again, it's just, I think they're just compa they're comparing the popularity with those who are not popular, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like a popularity contest. Right. So, you know, but, you know, to each his own with, with um, when it comes to that conversation. Lastly, I want to know, when was the last time you did something for the first time? Oh, man, what the fuck? That's a great question. When was the last time I did something for the first time? Yes. It's going to take me a minute. I'm trying to think, what was the last time? What did I do for the first time? Most recently, I guess, like, nah, I drove my, I drove, it's going to sound funny, but I drove my dream car for the first time. What was that? Camaro. Oh, where? How was that? I loved it. Yeah? Nah, I can't get it, though. Nah, <laughs> why you can't get I it? I can't get it because my team hates two-door cars. <laughs> 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 they get in the back. They be, like, when we was in Atlanta um, recently, because, um, like, a Camaro, I've, I've been using my traveling as a way to test drive all the cars that I want to buy. Okay. So, I, like, I got to, so, like, I've been dri driven the, the Chargers and the Hellcats already. I've been done that for years. But, like, I drove a Mustang. Which I hated. That was a horrible experience. Okay. Um, I drove in the Challenger, which was cool. Not really my thing though. And then the Camaro, which I like, I fucking loved. I love that fucking car. Mm. And but the problem is I got the two door shit. So right, like, every right. time like I, every time I try to put my team in the back, they get mad. They be like, <laughs> they be like, we don't fucking stop getting this two door car. So I'm like, all right, this is gonna translate to New York. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? So I mean, I gotta get like a truck or some shit. But um, but yeah, nah, that was like the first time I drove it when I was in Atlanta this past week. And honestly, it was such a fun experience. Like I felt like a little kid inside that car. I was like, damn, man, like I've always wanted to drive one of these, and I finally got to drive it. But I will not be buying a Camaro. So unfortunately, that won't be happening. But that was like the last. T first time I did something for the first time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to say shout out to you. Shout out to everything you're Thank doing. You, um, for those that are watching, uh, where can they where can they find you? I got stuff right there. <laughs> I got <you. laughs> Where can um, people find you and um, all that good shit? Yep, it's Mr. On the Radar Radio, Mr. Step in, Step Out. Don't get stepped on. You can find me at GayPNYC on everything at On the Radar Radio on everything. Um, shout out my sis V Henny, you know what I'm saying? She doing this. She retired from uh, from showcasing, so make sure you go show her some love. Go tap in, go subscribe, go follow her. You already know, love is free, support is free. It's Gay PMYC. And I appreciate that. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be following him. Again, all his information will be in the description box below. All you gotta do is click on it, show love. Again, your girl V Henny, the artistry, and we're out. Rock out with your cocks out, jam out with your clam out. Bow. Bow.